Welcome to Global Chit Chat, the podcast that helps you navigate the global employee benefits landscape. Today, we will be discussing the changing benefits landscape in the United Arab Emirates. My name is Francis, and I can't believe this is our fifth episode already. And I am Sarah, today's fun fact checker of the group. And together, we will take you on a benefits journey around the world. So let's get started, Francis. We're lucky to have Roland D'Souza with us today. Roland is Senior Account Manager at Aeon in the UAE, short for United Arab Emirates. He has extensively worked with large and small employers and has unique insights into today's topic. Thanks for being here today, Roland. Usually we start our podcast with some fun facts about the topic. Before we go there, please tell us a little about UAE. I think many people know little to nothing about the country and might not even be able to pinpoint it on a map. Thank you, Francis, and I'm glad to be here. Geographically, the United Arab Emirates is located on the southeast end of the Arabian Peninsula. The country is wedged between Oman and Saudi Arabia. From a terrain perspective, it has rocky desert, wetlands, waterless mountains and coastlines that stretch along the Gulf of Oman and the Persian Gulf. The UAE is a constitutional federation of seven emirates, of which the emirates of Abu Dhabi and Dubai are best known. Each and every emirate is distinct and has its own unique set of culture and traditions. The Abu Dhabi city is the capital of UAE. Good. And in which emirate do you live, Roland? Oh, Francis, just to give you a bit of a background, I was actually born in India, in Mumbai, and raised in the Middle East. I have been living in Dubai since the last 10 years and can wholeheartedly say that Dubai has been a fantastic second home to me and my family. Well, I look forward to visiting. Thanks for setting the stage, Roland. Sarah, let's hear some fun facts about UAE. Indeed, I do have some interesting findings to share with you all. How many of you listeners knew that Dubai was founded in June 1833? And it was not until the 1970s that it began transforming into the desert metropolis that it is known as today. Roughly 800 members from the Bani Yas tribe arrived at Dubai Creek to first establish Dubai back then, with the population reaching around 20,000 by the 1930s. In 2020, the population of Dubai surpassed 3 million quite a change. Another interesting point that I've discovered is that roughly 85% of its population is foreign. Dubai's population is largely made up of expats, with only 15% being local Emiratis. The largest expat population is from India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. Okay, this one is for the travel lovers out there. Dubai is currently the fourth most visited city in the world after Bangkok, Paris, and London. Tourists definitely visit the Burj Khalifa located in Dubai. It is the tallest structure and building in the world with a height of 828 meters. For those of you who listened to our episode on France with Asia, this is two and a half times the height of the Eiffel Tower. Can you imagine? Finally, and actually right in our alley of health and well-being, the UAE has a dedicated Minister of Happiness 
who is in charge of promoting happiness among residents in Dubai and the other six Emirates that make up the UAE. Her Excellency has held the position since it was introduced in 2016. Thank you for this fun fact, Sarah. The things you learn in this podcast continue to amaze me. So Roland, Sarah explained that Dubai is a popular destination. How about medical tourism? Over the last decade, the healthcare industry has developed into one of the most critical sectors for contributing towards the economic diversification in the UAE. The sector is also undergoing a structural shift as more health-conscious population is largely focusing on preventive rather than curative care. The common vision of UAE is to enhance and build a world-class healthcare infrastructure that meets the needs of the overall population. There is a lot of effort being put in recent times to position the country as the number one destination for medical tourism with a lot of private sector partnerships. I may add that few of the renowned hospitals in the region have obtained accreditation from the Joint Commission International, which is basically granted to healthcare institutions that apply a group global standard for quality of healthcare. Interestingly, the UAE is in the process of developing the region's first nationwide stem cells bank as part of the country's plan to become a global medical tourism hub. This would promote stem cell tourism to attract patients from abroad. Just to give you some of the areas of focus in medical tourism sector, this would include areas in spinal, neurosurgical, neurological, orthopedic, rehabilitation, oncology, and radiosurgery treatments. I'm practicing for a half marathon next month, and perhaps I'll do my first marathon next year. Knock on wood, I won't need any surgeries or other treatments when I become older, because I know some long-distance runners with knee problems. But anyway, if I do, I'll certainly consider including tourism into the medical necessity. With all these investments and research and attention to the healthcare industry, tell us more about the trends you're seeing. For what services do you see an increased demand? Francis, to the first part of your question, you're in pretty good hands if you're planning to do a marathon year, and I would love to join you as well. Great. Coming to your point on the trends, for example, in the telehealth front, the pandemic has in fact helped to demonstrate the significance and requirement of telehealth given the associated potential for cost reductions that virtual healthcare can offer. From a benefit design perspective, we have had several clients interested in options to include benefits such as speech therapy, developmental delay, behavioral learning, and autism as part of their medical insurance coverage. Another trend employees are also keen to implement is the employee assistance programs focusing on addressing mental health issues of employees. We have also seen a surge in requests for conducting webinars and awareness sessions on medical conditions, right from doctors, nutritionists, and mental health professionals. There are certainly new benefits such as infertility treatment, weight reduction treatments via bariatric surgeries, which have also become a common talking point, thus creating a demand for insurers to revamp their product offering. Yeah, a lot of options. And what trends do you see on the insurer side? Francis, this is a very common question that we are now asked by clients. Although we are at the early stages, we are also witnessing a pattern of consolidation of insurers, and it will be quite exciting to see how this will impact employers and employees in the near future. Without any doubt, all these measures will positively result in the insurers and their underwriters to become a lot more flexible and to think out of the box in providing health benefit solutions to micro SMEs, SMEs, and large corporate schemes. With a world-class healthcare system, coupled with a sustainable environment and infrastructure, this will also enable employers to attract the right talent pool from the other countries. 
So it seems a good future from the healthcare perspective in UAE. But on the flip side, all these investments will come at a cost and partially explain why the medical inflation in the UAE is high. Our latest medical report shows that for 2022, we expect a medical trend rate of 9%. And this compares with the baseline in general inflation of 1.2%. So a significant gap. Since virtually all employers in the UAE offer health insurance as a benefit, they are impacted by this escalating cost of healthcare. Roland, what actions are employers considering in response to this? Francis, you're absolutely right. Considering the medical inflation in the UAE is at 9% during 2022, employers are looking at various options at controlling costs. Firstly, we have noticed employers consciously taking time to review the available network list of hospitals, clinics, and pharmacies. More information and awareness sessions are being made to employees to make them understand of the advantages of going within the network and at the company level, making use of the network tariff discounted rates with healthcare providers. Employers are also closely working with consultants and insurers to impart effective training workshops. The intention of these workshops is to give information on how to use your medical insurance plans effectively and how to also prevent abuse on the plans that they are entitled to. Mm-hmm. There is also a lot of encouragement and push from employers for employees to utilize the telehealth services in the primary care to drive down unnecessary patient visits and encourage convenience. Great. Diseases such as cardiovascular, obesity, hypertension, diabetes remain the top medical conditions in the UAE. Employees are also spending significant amounts of time towards undertaking wellness initiatives and preventative measures. We have seen clients review the top medical conditions that impact their claims fund and customizing targeted wellness sessions in partnership with insurers and healthcare providers. For example, we have seen employers conducting an office or home ergonomic sessions for employees who are having constant back-related issues or neck pain issues as one of their major medical conditions. Mm-hmm. On the other side, we have also witnessed employers engaging with gym facilities through corporate gym discount memberships, thereby promoting fitness and enhancing their physical well-being. Yeah, great evolution. My guess is this has been accelerated due to COVID-19. What about mental well-being? Francis, a very, very critical point. It's okay not to be okay. A slogan that has been talked about the most in recent times. There has been a lot of focus on improving the mental health of employees post the pandemic. Most of the insurers are including an employee assistance program as part of the medical insurance proposition, which is fantastic. I would like to add here that several employers who have created yoga sessions, either physically or virtually during work hours, to alleviate workplace stress. These measures are crucial to firstly address mental health issues and secondly, to reduce the stigma associated to it. Finally, employees are quite informed of additional services, such as a second medical opinion and chronic disease management, which are also included as part of their medical insurance proposition. That's very helpful, Roland. And I certainly like the slogan, it's okay to not be okay. And that's very powerful. And there are clearly a lot of options and services available to help improve the health of the employees. Last question, what about working in the UAE? At the beginning, Sarah mentioned that the large majority of employees are non-UAE nationals. I imagine working in the UAE involves work permits or visas, which employers need to be knowledgeable about. What can you tell us about that? Any significant changes? Francis, you're absolutely right there. The amended labor laws, which were first outlined by the government in November 2021, provide options that were not available before and actually strengthens employees' rights. 
there are significant changes to certain areas such as maternity leave, flexible working arrangements, and the discussion of the introduction of pension plans. What I would also like to add is that the UAE has also implemented a new system for long-term residence visas for expatriates via issuance of a concept called as golden visas. This new system of golden visas enables expatriates to live, work, and study in the UAE without the need of a national sponsor and with 100% ownership of their business on the UAE's mainland. There is a certain eligibility criteria to obtain golden visas, for example, investors, entrepreneurs, people with specialized talents and researchers in various fields of science and knowledge, and it's also available to students with promising scientific capabilities. In the midst of challenging times, the amended labor law is a major catalyst and a key driving force in making UAE more attractive in terms of job opportunities, and it also ensures there's a bigger talent pool available to employers. Roland, all this is truly fascinating. I'm sure our listeners learned a lot from our discussion. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your knowledge with us today. Thank you for having me, Francis. It's been my pleasure. And that's this month's show. Thank you very much for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed the topics we have discussed. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on what you want us to cover next. In the meantime, don't forget to join us on our next episode of Global Chit Chat in May to learn more about the fascinating world of globally mobile employees.